Sentire Media. Good morning and thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy on this beautiful 30 Gennaio 2014. I am Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. Together we run, own, operate, and live at La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo cooking school farm and a little slice of paradise here in Piovico, Italy. It's actually, you're listening to an incredible podcast today because right now on the charts, we are number two of 912 bed and breakfasts and inns in La Marche on TripAdvisor, subject to change at any moment. <laughs> Their uh, analytics are just as kooky as Facebook at times, so you never know. I mean, we have like 150 reviews, and the person ahead of us in number one has like 34 or something crazy, <laughs> so you, get you never much, know. Ashley is much, much more into the likes and the... Uh, well, TripAdvisor we, is a huge yes, deal. Yes, TripAdvisor is a huge deal. But... And it's something I joke about, um, but number two never felt so good. It's great. Like, I'm really proud. Yes. I'm con- Congratulations! <laughs> and I just have to say thank you to everyone who wrote such great reviews. It's really nice that people take the time to do that. I really appreciate it. All right. That was uh, in all sincerity. Was that is that what you call a... Um... A um, oh, what do you not a backhand, not a uh, a oh, humble a brag, door? humble brag, or a backdoor, yeah, yeah, humble brag. That's a humble brag. Very good, Ashley. Sure. Open the show it's with a humble from brag. Number two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I do my best. Very good. Um, Twitter this... at the top of the market. This joke. It's been a. Uh, we are in the dog days of winter. It it is. Um, not- yeah, but like, how do you complain? It's not cold. No, it's not cold. I'm just saying it feels like th- we're, we're, we're to the point where you have to wait for the summer, like, or for the nice weather. I'm to the point where Christmas and New Year's is over. You know, the, I'm, I'm done with the kind of gray, no sun, this, or the sun really low going down early, and I'm ready for spring. Yeah, we still have a lot of winter left. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. It's, oh, hence the dog days. I gotcha. The dog I gotcha. Days. But you say dog days of summer, not dog days of winter. So what do you say? Uh, I don't know. It's the cat's meow. <laughs> There's the dog days. I don't know, but it is. It's just so bizarre. Like, we've, we've been talking about the weather a lot this winter. We have. We've actually lucked out because in other parts of Italy, it has not been like that at all. Um, this week, you've, we've seen up north especially floods, slides, boulders. You posted a picture the other day or yesterday? No. Uh, one of my family members from Oklahoma did. They said, I hope this isn't y'all, kid. <laughs> and uh, and a some boulder horrible- the size of a third of a house? Jesus. It was huge. And it, we are really lucky. Our neighbors were telling us about friends in Umbria and also up north in um, Torino. Or I'm not exactly somewhere up north i can't exactly remember but um where they've been having horrible rains and then the mudslides and not so it's not just the flooding but literally washing away the you know switch back roads gone and i just it makes me think about out here and how uh we were were talking about that with karen oh my god how sensitive it all really is well even when we get a little bit of rain it all pools we have five or six little bridges because the candeliano river goes back and forth across the road so there's little bridges all along our our dirt crappy road 
and that we live six kilometers deep into which at any moment it's like hmm do they inspect these bridges because even when it rains a little there's one or two bridges where a huge they just flood the whole it's so scary serious standing water and standing water in huge deep holes in the bridge so it makes no sense like i'm like where's the hole gonna go all the way through it's got to be how deep is this the cement you mean the asphalt i don't know yeah well, just figure it this way. Most of the time, it's huge tractors and huge trucks <laughs> filled with wood. They're going to – our little crappy car isn't going to go. If, if, if it breaks, it's going to break on one of those cars. Oh, my God. Do you think we, our little car could pull a, uh, a maneuver from the movie Speed if we had to and just, like, gun it and jump? <laughs> oh, or we have to go the back way. We have to take a right out of our driveway and go all the way to Apecchio or Sant'Angelo and make the loop all the way around. But and you know if one of those roads washed out, it's not like the crew would be there the next day fi- all patched up <laughs> two days later. No, 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 no. You're talking no. six months. Seriously, that's the horrific part. I mean, and then the road you take to Orbania, the pass. Yep. Imagine that when, when it rains that normally, you know, abs- not even a ton, but we'll get some mudslides Mudslide. right there. But they'll clear that much quicker than, yeah, they'll, cl- than they'll fix our our roads back here. But um, speaking of driving cars and roads. Wait, oh, speaking of weather. What? Oh, we got a weatherman right. on the line right now. Let's check in, actually. Uh, we, let's do a weather report on the podcasts from now on. Since we have a unofficial, official amateur weatherman. Jason, would you like to... Yeah, we're currently <laughs> checking in. It's, uh, it's uh, 8.28 in the morning. We're checking in at 5 degrees outside. Relative humidity, uh, 100%. We have winds coming at 3 kilometers an hour out of the south-southwest. Pressure's <laughs> holding, pressure is dropping. We're currently at uh, 1,005 millimeters of mercury. Is that true? This is all legit. He's reading um, our weather system. If anyone has been here, they have seen it in the kitchen. And well, let, Jason, let me hold a- on. Hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. Because yeah. when you say weather system, it sounds like I went to Radio Shack or Bluestone <laughs> and bought some crappy thing. No, 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 no. I have got a Rainwise weather station, which is certified by the U.S. Department of Weights and Measures to be accurate. And I got nerd it. Alert. Oh yeah. I'm super nerd. <laughs> I also have a. Another piece of equipment that I bought that I've never used and still sitting in in our place that should be able to hook up to our computer and do live. Wouldn't that be fancy? Yeah, do live uh, up to the minute weather on feed. our a feed a weather feed on our our site. But I never did that. But tell them what you did do. But now you can be a <laughs> so the weather the weather site that I check all the time to laugh at how wrong it is. Um, uh, they started saying, send us your up to the, you know, be a weather tracker in your area. So I do it like five times a day. I'm so do you want to give out the call letters of or the website where you can find your weather report? Um, yeah, hold on. WWW? <laughs> well, you, you fill time right now. I-L-M-E-T-E-O dot I-T. But yeah, but then there's a, that's just the main page. There's oh, a, you're right. I'll have to. I'll put it up. I'll we'll have up. to. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to do a little digging to find the amateur uh, weather reports on the official Italian site. But it's pretty exciting stuff happening out yeah, here. Yeah, let me tell you something. If you tell <laughs> Jason's the ladies, actually getting hooked. <laughs> if you tell the ladies you're into amateur weather and reporting it, let me tell you, you're gonna have to beat them back with a stick. The only other thing that would be so hot is if you had a ham radio license. <laughs> I do have a ham radio license. Are you making fun? Are you making fun? Do you remember those uh, events in Brooklyn? We those to? guys were those guys were those guys were some pretty hot guys. I remember it being like, oh my god, there's a girl here. 
And then I left. <laughs> All right, yeah. So I'm into some dorky stuff. So whatever. Um, so yeah, the weather. Weather. And then the car. So ooh. Ooh. So we have a little... Um, the saga with driving this winter is Well, we not call it our good. little shitbox. It is our little shitbox. I can't... It's a little Hyundai i10. They don't sell this model in the States. It's one of those little toaster-looking things. And we bought it new in 2008. And um, now here we are in 2014. And I was just informed by the good old Dr. Godgemeister that we're supposed to get a revisione or a, um, a auto... Uh, road examination road worthiness test after every two years after the car every two years for a used car and after the first four years for a new car so i've missed two now we had no idea <laughs> no idea here's the thing here's the weird thing about italy i love it because they treat you like an adult mm-hmm. they don't you can drink a beer in a festival walking on the street. It's your responsibility to know to do stuff. They're not going to nanny and babysit you and say send you letters and, and you know, it's time to re- get your revisione. You'll never get that. They'll just let it go. And then – but the bad part is we're foreigners, so we didn't grow up in this culture and know because – I know in Washington you have to get a roadworthy. Exactly. Test, but in California, all you have to get is a smog check, at least when I grew up. And, um, and we didn't ever drive in New York. And we never drove in New York. So it never even occurred to me that I have a brand new car. Why would I need to get a roadworthiness test? Exactly. I mean, just total sheer ignorance on our part. So now... Now we have to pay. Now we have to go. <laughs> we're going today to do it. And we're going to probably have to pay a fine because we didn't get the two previous ones done. And We admit to a lot of shady behavior on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's, it's more out of ignorance than anything else. I mean, that's, ignorance is not an excuse, but... Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be horrible. Our Dutch neighbors agreed, though they were like, we had no idea either. Something no, about- well they have to get the APK, the APK. They have to get a. Thing. But they said it here, like they never, you know, that living here, that in Holland you get something in the mail reminding you to get it done, that it's expiring or whatnot, and that here nothing, nothing, nothing ever. Um, so it's gonna be interesting because I know um, when Ashley rolled our little car, the. Ooh. Uh, the airbags hasn't worked since then. I know the shocks are per- shot. Uh, I know the here's the here's the the kind of weird part is I've done a good job of keeping up the maintenance, changing the oil, changing spark plugs, changing the uh, air filters, blah blah blah. The motor runs great. The rest of the car destroyed. Did we ever tell the story of me rolling the car? Why don't you go right ahead? <laughs> On a summer's day. How old, how old was the car? Months. Two months, I believe. <laughs> We got the car in June. June. Of and it was August. And it was August. It was August or for beginning of September kind of thing. Because I August, remember we saw Frankino for Quindici August, for Ferragosto it was, right No, after. it was September because it was right after the Festa della Madonna in Piopico. That's right. Beginning of September. So three months. Sorry, three so, months old. Three, three months, months old. old. Real shiny, still smells good, and our <laughs> our road that we've just were talking about is gravel, as we mentioned, and after the end of summer, a super dry summer, hot summer that it was, the uh, gravel can be like marbles um, if you take them at a certain speed or kind of start sliding sideways and are... <laughs> kind of start sliding sideways? Well, that's what, that's what happened coming up. Um, so a cat ran across the road in front of our neighbor's house uh, and I was hauling ass. I was in fourth gear and just singing along, heading into town, doing my thing, not thinking twice. Little black cat runs across the road, and I thought, oh, no, that's Mariella's cat. And I I didn't want to kill the cat, so I swerved really hard to the left, and I started aiming right for a um, little bridge because, like Jason said before, too, the river crisscrosses along the road. 
And I thought, oh, that's getting too close over there. And I pull really hard the other way to compensate. And I'm probably like jamming on the brakes or or like, I don't know, I'm probably doing everything I wasn't supposed to do. And all of a sudden the car just starts. Then all of a sudden it went into slow motion going into the green. The steering wheel doesn't work anymore. Yeah. All of a sudden it was just like sliding off, keep going to the right, into the brush. And then it was like that slow motion. This isn't good. This isn't going to be good. (laughs) I've never been in a car accident. And I just remember thinking, and this is your first car accident. And all of a sudden, the next thing on next thing I know, the car is upside down and I'm somehow standing on the roof inside the car. And you went down an embankment of maybe four meters, a meter and a half, four feet. If you had asked me to tell a story, I'd probably have said it was about 200 feet down. No. (laughs) I know, I know. And it's not but, um, a fall off. It's a there's brush. There's like bramble. So stuff. it's like the car just kind of rolled over, rolled off the road, basically. rolled off the road, and um, and I was wearing my seatbelt, thank God. But the car got stuck. So instead of continuing to roll, it got stuck next to a tree, and I couldn't get out because half the car was against the um, slope of the hill, and the other part of the car was stuck against the tree. And with electric windows. Um, oh, the first thing I did when I realized is I turned the car off because I thought, oh, shit, um, I don't want the car to explode. <laughs> I felt like I was in a movie. And I thought, oh, my God, the car's going to explode. And I thought, put the car in neutral because if anyone sees that I was in fourth gear, I could get in huge trouble. And then I thought, what would Oprah do? What would <laughs> Seriously, that's what you thought? What would Oprah do? Not what would Oprah do, but what, did I, what have I learned on Oprah? And assess the situation. That's pathetic. That's well, sad. That's a sad. That's a sad commentary. No, it what actually was really calming. It was really calming because I felt like just focus. You on, felt like Oprah was with you. Oh, focus, on with o, focus on O. Focus on What would you say? Oh assess the situation. And <laughs> that woman is incredible. She has brainwashed a whole generation. Okay, sorry. That's a whole other thing. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Drink some cappuccino. Delicious, Jason. Thank you, by the way. Um. So. I start screaming, um, <laughs> help me, help me. And then I realize no one speaks English. What am I doing? And <laughs> so I start yelling in Italian. And I know that there's no one, the, the house that I was in front of where the cat was, they were out of town. And the neighbors across the way, Carolyn and Luke, our Dutch friends who we've talked about, they were out of town. And I thought, oh, shit. No one is around. Who's coming down our road? I'm so far down that I don't know if you can see me. And all of a sudden, a ray of hope. This little old man, Chelso, who is not more than about four and a half feet or so. I don't know. Stocky little uh, of an old stock. (laughs) Tough. Tough. His fingers are like sausages. He can't really see or hear. So I'm thinking, oh, God, out of everyone, I get the deaf, blind old guy who we pass a million times on the road and he's never waved to us. So we also don't know. Maybe he's a mean old SOB. We don't know. And I see him get into his little ape. Uh, uh, you know, I'm seeing him down into the patch of a field um, near where I've rolled the car. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's heard me. He's coming. He drives his little ape, his little three-wheel truck right past me. And I start crying. Oh, shit. There it goes. There goes my chance. Well, no. He goes up to assess the situation and comes down the embankment on foot to see. And he thinks someone's dead for sure in the car. And he ends up getting a little roncola, like a little... Um, Sickle. Sickle. Knife. 
big knife. Uh-huh. And starts chopping away a tree. And he's 88 years old. He opens up the car door enough for me to just squeeze out. Thank God it was summer and I was skinny. <laughs> it was in the middle of December. I had lost my shoes in the car. First of all, before I even give out, get out, I hand him my computer. Because I think um, if anything happens to me or the car, if the car explodes or whatever, all of our details are on our laptop. This is all we have. And uh, I think our um, passports and stuff. I had already tossed it out the car because I thought, again, if the car explodes, all all Jason needs is his passport. I could be dead any moment. (laughs) I get real dramatic real fast. I'm glad you have the the, uh, half is the uh, uh, half uh, cup is half the, the really positive person yeah. but i just thought take the take i'm dying <laughs> take the passports go continue take, on run with it i'll be here and um so anyway he helps me get the car door open enough and i slide out and all i get hurt with is a few scrapes from the bramble bushes and he can't understand and he says stay here stay here you don't have any shoes you know, and he goes and gets me a pair of his boots with holes in them, and it's so sweet. But the funniest part afterwards is he kept saying, where do you live, girl? Where do you live? Like, he's think- and I'm thinking, I've seen you a million times and waved to you. And he's like, where do you live? And I said, I live in Kakamoto, the name of our house. And he said, no one lives there. I said, I live there. And he goes, no, no one lives at that house. And I said, I do. I live there. And I, and I kept thinking, oh, my God, he doesn't believe me. He thinks I'm crazy or he's thinking I've got a concussion. <laughs> I don't know. And thankfully, Frankino, the little polenta maker, drives by and he says, no, I know her. She does live there. And he brought me home. But um, that's the abridged version as long as it still was. But it was absolutely incredible. And all the village people came by and said that I don't was blessed by the Madonna because we had gone to a festival to celebrate her in town the day before. And it was pretty emotional for me. Actually, I was really shaken up. I kept saying to Jason for weeks after, aren't you glad I'm alive? (laughs) Well, Ashley, thankfully enough, rolled the car onto the one spot where the little guy, Chelsea kept throwing hay. It's actually absolutely incredible. It's incredible. He kept throwing hay. So while she did roll the car over and hit and came to a stop on a tree, she basically rolled it onto a big pillow of hay. So absolutely nothing happened to the car. Just other feet in either direction. I would have gone down into a ravine. There's a creek down below. There's a a couple of spots banged up on the top and a couple of spots. Oh, yeah. And the car drove away the next day. The poor, the worst Oh, casualty or injury, I should say, of the whole story was to the poor mechanic who came to check on the car. Because by the time Franco brought me home, Jason turned around and and went back with Franco to see the accident. And half the village, it felt like, was there with tractors. Well, there was already a tractor and, and, uh, and they were pulling it out and blah, blah, blah. They pulled the car out. We put it back on its wheels. The mechanic checked it out. He put his he took the spark plugs out, I guess, and put his head in head in, the, in under the hood. Told me to try to start it, and oil splashed up in his eye. I felt terrible, horrible. He got it the worst. He did. Um, but other than that, we started to back up and drove it home. And it was absolutely overwhelming to um, have that feeling of the people of the town to come to your aid like that. And to um, Chelsea was so upset and worked up by it. And what a miracle he felt it was and that he helped this American girl. But that he ran to town to say, get help. And he went to the Moki family to get the trucks and... I don't know. It was I know we've told that story before, but it's probably. a good one. It is a good one. Um, 
It still makes me get choked up. Yep. But that car is now uh, finished. So we got to figure out what we're doing with that one this week. Oh, great. Uh, what else is going on? Um, we talked about, oh, we were in, um, we were in Piobico on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Speaking we, of the Piobico case. Eh? Yeah. We were getting a coffee. Uh, you know, Tuesday is the small little tiny market in Piobico. You got the porchetta truck, the fish guy, Fushiani, Fushiani with the meat and cheese. And it's just fun to go in and stop for 15 minutes. It's a little water cooler talk. Mm-hmm. So um, Fush asked us if – I'm sorry, Domenico Fushiani <laughs> asked us if we want to go and get a coffee at the bar right there. I said, sure. So um, we're, we go and get a coffee, and as we're walking out, something catches my eye. And it's this um, notice to all bar patrons written on the official, like, letterhead of the region. Of the of, Questura. Of the Questura Pedro Robino. The police. Listing the approved and permittable games and the ones that are banned – at the bar, card games, dice games, different, <laughs> different games. Now we were at Crazy Bar. Dice. <laughs> There's three bars in Piovico. One is Crazy Bar. That is for the. Uh, oh yeah, let's of, break this down. Let's break it down. Okay, should we? F- okay, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, three bars: Cafe del Corso, Crazy Bar, and Trota Blue. You could say there's a fourth, but that's that's the, that's more that's towards r- the peck way meal. way that's, oldies, and that's yeah. that's about that's far. That's about three four hundred meters away. That's on the outskirts of town. <laughs> so crazy, crazy bar, bar is mostly for the break it down the old guys like the hunters. A lot of hunters, a lot of guys who sit there and play Scopa, which is a card game, and play di- uh, play. Uh, um, dominoes. dominoes in the summer like you'll see a whole congregation of old guys gathered around a table a table and the best part is is you look across the bridge how how many feet away how many yards away across the bridge where the the wives are watching yes, under the just right umbrella 50 meters it, away. it's just it's it's absolutely wonderful and crazy bar is the place where if you walk in also a lot of times because it's this like in the afternoon in mostly. the afternoon in the morning it's more there's women in there yeah it almost feels like the the record is screeching. What is a girl doing in here? It's definitely the old guys hangout. Farmers. Farmers. Oldies. Not the old guys, but like the, the guys place. The older guys yeah. place. Like, yeah. Um, then there's Cafe del Corso, and that's families. Everyone. Yep. That's, you know. After church, before church, everyone's there. That's where a bunch of our packages get dropped off when they don't want to come to town. It's where they have the soccer game outside. Yeah, they, they, put, they have a big screen, big screen TV they put up with tons of chairs. And then there's Trota Blue, which is connected to a gas station. That's, or, a, that's an interesting one. That one is for more like the teenagers and young, younger guys who haven't graduated to Crazy Bar. Yeah, it's a little hipstery. No hipstery. Not hipster, but for Piobico. Like you'll get more of the it's cool 40 kids. and under. 40 yeah. and under guys and kids. Yeah. Like um, teenagers, 20-somethings. Um. Then there's Il Cantuccio, which is um, the wine bar, which that's for more of the popular kids. You think so? <laughs> I think so. Okay. And then we should mention the other gas station one with a humongous dog because that one is the epic old timers. So then uh, heading outside of town, there's a little On grocery the road to a store to slash bar slash tobacco that always has a fire going in their little in their little 
area. It is the. <laughs> it could be. It could be a hundred. Seriously, it could be thirty degrees. A hundred. And you'll still find two old guys sitting next There'll to be it. Two old, two old guys sitting next to this fire, and that's for the old old guys. And that's for more a different. Like, there's a whole other section of Piobico that's kind of more towards the Apecchio side, and we're talking hundreds of meters. That's not, what I was just gonna it's say. Not Let's like uh... cross town. We're talking like these are literally separated by four. I want to say four hundred meters. <laughs> but you would never walk the four hundred meters back towards Cafe del Corso if you no. live near the other no. one. No. And let's just, this last bar, we need to delve into it a little bit more for a second because it's totally, it's it's very unique to um, the idea yet very common around Italy to find these places. Um, it is... Take a living room. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Take a living room and then... In, like on one side of the living room is the uh, is the uh, fireplace on the right. On the right, put a couple of table, put one table and four or five, six chairs. Mm-hmm. At the back of the room um, is a spot to play your lottery yep. and to get um, get uh, like Frankie Bolt, like stamps, stamps and, and things like that. Pay your gas bill if you want. And at the front on the left is a bar slash tobacco shop. Mm-hmm. So. Cafe, DJ TV, a pair of TV, and all that. The whole thing is the no- size of a normal, like living room, living room area. Like totally, like Jason said. I mean, this was this is roughly converted. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if you go off to the left down a little corridor, literally is uh, one of their living rooms. Yeah, their 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 personal space. Yeah, one of their to personal the space. right connected to that is a <laughs> right tiny, by the fireplace. Right by the fireplace. If you walk past the fireplace through a doorway, is a tiny grocery store. Now, this grocery store is awesome. Because it's kind of, think of like a little New York bodega, like a little tiny hole in the wall. You don't know if some of the stuff has been there since 1956. Some stuff is new. Some stuff is, it is like, whoa, (laughs) that is a collector's item. Now, it doesn't really, from the outside, you kind of sort of know there's a bit of a market when it's open. However, because it's attached to this cafe, it is like a secretly, or bar, sorry. It's technically, in a way, always open. Yes, if you it's a Sunday night and you need toilet paper and milk, yeah, you can knock on their door and say, "Hey, I need some toilet." And they'll so they'll, it's it's indispensable. It's 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 just, in that way. It's like, oh, I always know that, man. If I really messed up and I have to have something at ten o'clock at night, I can knock on their door and apologize, and they'll get it. And they might not have the bread, or or the bread might be a yeah, bit yeah, old. They might not have the brand you want, or yeah. it might be like twice as expensive. But hey. And it's also the place that, upon first meeting my Uncle Sean, friendly guy, but yet knowing he's not even from Piobico, asked if he wanted to start a tab for buying, like, a bottle of Coca-Cola and, like, two things. It was so oh, funny. Oh, you can definitely run tabs. Oh, anywhere kind of in Piobico, yeah, really. Yeah. But I just love this place because you just wouldn't know it existed. You could drive past it and not realize how kind of uh, quirky it is inside. But we digress. We didn't even talk about what we mentioned all the bars for. Oh, yeah, the games. The games. So there is a list, and Ashley posted it on Instagram yesterday. I'll post it with the article on our blog for this. There's an advisory, and this is old. I think this came out. like It had yellowing paper on the – the paper was yellowing, and it lists all the games that are prohibited from being played at the bar. And um, I, we asked the barista if she, if they really enforced it. Oh yes, absolutely. These are. He was like, "Is this old? Is this a joke? Is this a uh, come una volta? Like once upon a time?" And she was like, "Oh no, no, that's uh, legitimate." And so I wonder if people, if they, if if the Carabinieri walk by and are like, "What game is that? What game?" Are you well, playing? also that's the bar the Carabinieri hang out at. I know <laughs> it's just hysterical. You would never you. 
It's just it. It was really funny. It really uh, well, made me laugh. And just because it is, it wasn't at the bar where it wasn't at Trojan Blue. It was at the bar where all the oldies play their hot dice and their their dominoes. So it was just uh, very fitting to be at that bar. So speaking about going to the bar, since we're at the, we're talking about we're at the bar. Um, we learned a new type of coffee that you can make at home. I love this. We talked about this on our online cooking class. Which we'll talk about next. Um, coffee. It's, everyone thinks that an Italian coffee is called espresso, and that's not true. You don't walk into a bar and order espresso. You're like, quickly. <laughs> espresso means a fast coffee. Oh, quick. Cafe espresso is what it's really called. And when you walk into a bar, you don't say, I like an es- espresso. Do not say that. Just no. say un cafe. There's many different kinds of coffee you can get in Italy. There's stretto, which is short. There's lungo. There's um, cafe macchiato, cafe uh, cappuccino. There's um, cafe corretto. And then um, a new one that we learned just the other day that um, from our Italian, t- our Italian um, tutor. And uh, he talked about it's cafe universitario. I is love that. that. No, I, th- I thought it was universitato. Universitato. Uh-huh. Okay. Tell them how do you make it? No, go for it. Well, you take the mocha, like your mocha, your little uh, biliati mocha that you normally use, and uh, you would make coffee normally. Then you pour that coffee into a mu- into a cup. You unscrew the whole thing, and it's and you're going to brew it again. But instead of using water, you pour the already brewed coffee back into the machine, new grounds, and brew it twice. Super strong. Super strong. And uh, it's also called cafe cuadrato. Oh yeah. Or four or. Four by four, like four yeah. times. Double, quattro the strength, four times the strength. And uh, I haven't tried it yet. I was just going to say. Something tells me that it? that is a gut buster. Whew. That would be. Yeah, you need a little something, some toasting in there yeah. first. Oh, my But uh, maybe maybe to stay up for the Super Bowl, maybe we'll make a Cafe Quadrato. Ooh, good point because it starts here at like 1230. Yeah, Ashley's all. Ashley, Go up! Ashley's I'm been hooked. hyping I'm it up hooked. this week. Sunday is this is the. For all of you not listening, not in America is the or not uh, caring or not caring is the championship of American the American football championship, and it's the team from Seattle who is who are the uh, hometown team of Ashley, <laughs> and so, I'm a homer, and it's a homer. So it doesn't start until um, twelve thirty Europe Central European time, which whew, it means tough. we have to plan. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we might. It's not like it ends at 1230. No, 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 It no. begins. So it's a four-hour game at least, right? Yeah, the, with the Super Bowl with yeah. all the commercials and the long halftime. And you're saying, why don't you just wait and watch it the next day, Jason and Ashley? No way. Because it's the second time in history for the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not missing it, baby. It's, it, you we're can't. flying our flag. You can't. Because even if we wait till the next morning, as soon as you turn on the computer, oh my God. there's going to be emails and, and Facebook books and like you know you turn on internet explorer or whatever the the page and it goes right to the home page of um whatever google or or yahoo and it's gonna say who won the super bowl so, oh my gosh my and brother, I, won't, I won't sleep anyway so no and my brother's going to new york to get to be part of everything and oh my god it's gonna be incredible i'm so excited russell wilson go hawks beast mode lob <laughs> what else can i shout out <laughs> so the super bowl is coming up and you will be in uh inundated with um, advertisements for McDonald's, Coca-Cola, all that kind of stuff, which is very interesting because there was just an article the other day um, about this very thing, these these big, giant, multinational corporations invading and getting really doing a good job of getting a foothold in the door of 
um, the Italian market. Yeah, Slate had a great article um, covering a story on a book called, um, let me see here, let me give the shout out of the title of the book, The Lost Art of Feeding Kids, What Italy Taught Me About Why Children Need Real Food. And um, really interesting observation in this article and something that we have personally noticed as well. But uh, the this article really goes into the subtle marketing towards children and indoctrinating essentially them into uh, having Coca-Cola be part of their culture. And I'm, since we've arrived, we've noticed that McDonald's, Coca-Cola, fast food, fast food has um, popped up. convenient when, food. When we arrived out here, there was not a fast food place for two hours. Like yeah. Bologna. You had to go yeah. up to Bologna or like down to Ancona or something. Now there's Infano, Pesaro, and the lines are out. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's devastating in a way. Well, because you just see the you you wonder what will happen to the future, and you oh, it's coming. It is. It's um, really also sad. we've seen Coca Cola start. You know, Coca Cola is ubiquitous. You can find it in every country in every single world, but. Coca-Cola was not a drink. You didn't drink it with dinner. No, and that's what's really interesting in this article with Slate um, on Slate by this writer, Janine Marshall, that um, talking about her kids and eating in Italy, that it nor- you would normally – children drink water with their meal. They're, they're not looking – like at our farmhouse, for example, we don't have any kids' drinks. We only offer wine, wine or, water. or water, and we do have some local beer. But Oh, we have some juice if- yeah, I mean, and that's if the parents ask, but I'm never offering them juice. It's or water. Yeah. And so this mother is saying how it was really interesting going to a pizzeria and having her young son, who's six, be asked by the waiter if he wanted a Coca-Cola with his drink, with his pizza. And normally you would, like Jason said, you wouldn't be eating and drinking Coke. It's like a... It would, it would be a treat. Like, it's a treat or like getting, a little snack kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, instead of getting um, a, like a gelato, like I would think of it in the afternoon, four o'clock, you'd, maybe you would have a Coca-Cola because it's, it's, if you weren't, <laughs> excuse me, having an aperitivo because it's sugary and sweet and cold. And But you would not have it with a meal. No, You're no, not no. going to sit down and have pasta with a Coca-Cola. No, never. No. And most of the time, pizza goes with beer. And we've seen many little families give little kids beer, <laughs> like a little, like the colored water of it with a beer too. So this mother was saying how after, this is the part that I thought was really interesting, <laughs> that she went to the waiter after the meal and asked, why did you offer my son a Coca-Cola? And that, to me, showed what a difference the culture is here, too, that, that a parent would be go so far as to ask the waiter, why was there a special or something? Why are you trying to – a special offer? Why are you trying to offer them a, a, this drink? And it's just happening. I mean – I don't know. It's not the adults. It's the children. Exactly. So they're so starting to request it. They're starting well. to request it. And kids are starting to get into the habit of drinking a Coke with a meal, which has never, ever, ever happened before. And you'll see things bundled with a Coke. Like That's exactly. If you go to That's Auto Grill, like if you're on the road and you go to Auto Grill and you get a panino or a slice of pizza or something, now they will have slice of pizza, you know, a, a piece of fruit or something or, or a dessert and a Coke. Mm-hmm. With it, whereas when we arrived, there was never there was always Coca Cola there, of course, but never the promotion of buy the slice of pizza and for fifty cents more you get the Coke when mm-hmm. it's a dollar a euro fifty in the cold case or whatever. So it's very interesting. It's it's happening. Well, and you just it just makes you nervous for the the yeah the future and the culture and its cuisine. I mean, it was such a I don't know. It seems so funny. It, People kind of don't understand because as Americans, you think, well, don't you know about how bad soda is for you? But because Italians have had such a diverse and rich diet that was uh, very balanced for so long, you could have 
bit more fat here and there or it wasn't as a concern because you're drinking it in such a small amount. Well, yeah, I, the serving size, when you get a can of Coke here in, in Italy and even if you go to the fast food restaurants or, a, or a, like an auto grill or something and you order a small soda, it's small. Small. <laughs> if you order a large, it's what I would call a medium in the – or a big – the biggest one they have is probably like a medium in, mm-hmm. the, in the States. Um, and the can size is, is smaller, I believe, too. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's creeping its way in. And it's just interesting being a foreigner and having a different perspective and coming from a culture that – and we were just back in the States this, this winter – seeing how it's everywhere and then coming here and seeing how it's not everywhere but it has started to creep into daily life Mm -hmm. that's all it's a bummer stay away from our italians coca-cola mcdonald's oh my gosh oh my gosh what else Um, is going on should we talk about our cooking classes go ahead go right ahead all right so there our last class was awesome i want to thank everyone who joined us and um we have kind of sort of the technology for recording the classes so everyone who uh partook in that class i just shot out the video last night um our next online live cooking class from our farmhouse is february 16th which is a great valentine's day gift actually jason don't you think this I thought, when is Valentine's Day? February 14th. And we're doing it the 16th? Yeah. So Oh, oh to give it as a Valentine's Day kick. <laughs> I'm trying oh. to make some fun, funny banter here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is true, Ashley. Please, how so? <laughs> Pray tell. So, the, um, we just thought this would be a really great uh, little gift certificate or something for Valentine's Day gift, too. We're going to be doing rabbit and chicken in the style of the hunter. I think we talked about that. And braising in achido. In, um... Using acid to braise and break down. And then we'll also be doing um, roasted potatoes. And there you say, well, roasted potatoes? Why would I take a cooking class to learn how to make roasted potatoes? I cannot say this enough. It's not about the re- – it's about the technique. Just because I'm <laughs> – it's ro- – there is a technique to roasting, whether it's potatoes or vegetables or anything that – and, well, we're doing potatoes for this one. But um, – don't think of it as just the recipe. Think of it as taking away a technique that you can apply to anything else you're going to cook. And take it as one of the number one things when people come out to like the countryside where you're getting the meat and potatoes in Italy that people are like, how the hell do Italians make their potatoes so yeah, freaking delicious? Really like that is something people will stop a meal and just go, what is going on here? <laughs> Um, then our class after that is going to be February 23rd. We're going to be doing fennel two ways. Fennel is something no one knows how to cook, use, or they're, they pass it over because it's like, what do I do with that weird thing? And weirdly enough, in the past, like, six years, that's been the number one hit on our blog. Like, off the charts, uh, people searching and coming to our blog for what to do with fennel. So we thought this is great. So you're going to do fennel with blood oranges or citrus and, um, braised fennel and white wine. There you go. We're also going to be doing pasta alla matriciana. Mm. We'll talk about these more in depth as we get closer to you. And then after that is March 9th, and we're going to be doing stock or brodo. Well, yep. really, do you, you want to say what brodo is? Brodo is, well, here in Italy, they do a combination of chicken and beef bones in their stock. Um, and it's called brodo, and it's the building block of everything. So we're going to take it all the way back to the very, like, the first block you put down, which is starting off with a good stock. And we're also going to be doing a frittata with spring onions 
and mussels in white wine. I am so excited for that lunch personally. So this this um these three things, mussels, quick five minutes, mussels or clams, five minutes, really easy to do, really easy to mess up though as well. Making a frittata, something so simple and something and also something that people really i find most of my students don't know how to make an egg properly well or they're super fluffy and like uh oh they're just too thick thick. or they're browned on the bottom and they're rubbery blah 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 and there's stock if uh, those if you can cook hook up an egg and you can hook up a good stock (laughs) you're you're learning to really cook correctly because think about it just an an omelet a, a frittata what do you make what what these things that i'm these these recipes that i'm choosing which do you make more, the uh, pesto crusted rack of lamb with the uh, with the uh, with the red wine reduction, or an egg? <laughs> an egg. An egg, right? So, if you bring someone a beautifully, perfectly cooked omelet on a Sunday morning, that's incredible. Well, also the way that you make this frittata. Um, it takes it and it really. It's, this is going to sound cheesy because I'm not a food person like this. I mean, I still like pop tarts but it this it takes an omelet as jason says but it elevates it into a really elegant dish the way he makes it because it's so paper thin we're it's, gonna it's all about mouthfeel like yes i, I mean so we'll get into it more we'll get but, into it more in the class but take some beautiful spring you know the little new onions that are coming out in in the beginning of march either grill them or, or sweat them really quick and a paper thin beautifully cooked frittata with a little salad and you've got yourself a lunch mm-hmm I think that in Italy, I've noticed, uh, or in our area, or I'm not sure, I see egg dishes a lot more of like the um, the boiled eggs, the po- boiled eggs for the or hard boiled eggs, whatever. Like at the um, for a pair of TV, I'm not a pair of TV antipasti at the place in Fano, for example, with the wine bar. You'll see hard eggs with um, olive oil or the salsa verde. You'll see the frittata. You'll see eggs done. I don't know. I wonder, cause I just feel like do people, and I know make maybe poached eggs have gotten super popular in the States on things, but do people really see frittatas that much? And, um, oh, well, hard eggs? I think it's because we're farmers here in the America. So we have everyone has eggs. That makes a lot of I sense. I mean, we try to get, we have our chickens are pumping out eggs now. It's, we can't even give them away. Everyone has, <laughs> like, who do you give them? We're going over to so-and-so's house. It's like, let's bring eggs. Oh, they have chicken. So it's not a, it's, it's almost getting kind of difficult to give our, our eggs away because I can't eat. We can't keep up. We're getting ate a day. But, um. Well, anyway, if you want to sign up for our cooking classes, shoot me an, all you have to do to register is an email at info at com. I'll spell it out at the end. And if you want to check out our website with all of the um, most up-to-date class schedule and menus, it's at livefromitalyonline.tumblr.com. Super easy. Um, I also, while I have you guys and I'm plugging some stuff, I wanted to plug a few spring upcoming packages we have going on. Um, we've got our cooking with wild edibles and bottling wine, the 24th to the 28th of April. That's 500 euro a person. And, um, we are doing a bunch of cooking classes, two half day classes, bottling wine, four nights, guided, um, wild edibles walk, really fun. Great way to start the spring. Um, May, we've got this going on a couple times in May called made in La Marque doc, um, wine and cheese tour, artisan meat market trip. Um, craft beer tasting and three cooking classes. This one is awesome. If you really want literally a taste of La Marque, this 
is when to come. Come in May. Come and do this package where we've got the wine, the beer, the um, pasta, the seafood, the from the mountains, from the land, from the um, from the the garden. I, I love that package. That's in May, and uh, I'll tell I'll talk about other packages later. Also, Forage Slaughter Butcher. If you guys are thinking about October, um, it's starting to fill up already. I'm really excited. We're doing it two weeks this year um, because we had such an overwhelming response last year. So it will be um, the 28th of October to November 2nd. And the 4th to the 9th of November. And that is a five-night forage, slaughter, and butcher your meal program. Very what, much. What, what does Zach call it? What does my brother call it? Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. That's the, uh, if you are a fan of Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma, this, 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 is, it, this is for you. This is totally for you. <laughs> um, and you can find any of the details for that on our website, www. <laughs> well, why don't you throw out Lots the things and then we'll do the uh, we'll throw out our all our information, bring it home. We'll do our shout out. We got one, and then we'll do the song and we'll get out of here. All right, I don't want anyone to 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 uh, turn us to turn us off before you hear our song, but um... <laughs> <laughs> too late. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys all for listening. Um, you can find us at Latavolamarche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, um, Instagram now, at Ashley Bartner, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-A-R-T-N-E-R. And follow us on Instagram because it doesn't get filtered like Facebook. And um, we're starting to post some fun, wacky videos. (laughs) We got one <laughs> shout out this week, and that is much love, and we miss you guys, Renato and family. They are in beautiful Boston area. Hopefully, Renato's listening to us right now with his head stuck in the third stage of a high bypass turbofan <laughs> engine. <laughs> Sir, you have if, – if I could trade jobs with you, I would. <laughs> Song of the week. Song of the week. Hit it, Jay. Mama, voglio anch'io la fidanzata. Mama, anch'io voglio la fidanzata. That's my version of it. <laughs> That's going to be really bad. And the artist? Uh, Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um, Natalino Otto. All right, hit it. All right, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll come to you next week, and we really appreciate it. If you love what you hear, tell a friend. We'll spread the love. Let him know about what we're doing. and Comment and like us. Um, it's, oh, yeah. It helps us tremendously, uh, especially on iTunes. Yeah, comment and leave a, leave a rating if you'd like on iTunes because no one finds us without you guys participating, and it's all about these algorithms, which is a word I say, but I have really no idea what it means. Right on. All right, here he is. <laughs> Natalino Otto, grazie, ciao. Ciao. Mamma, non son più quel capriccioso ragazzino che scrivavi sempre per il suo fare birichino. Oh mamma, mi ci vuol la fidanzata. Oh mamma, mi ci vuol la fidanzata. Io vorrei quella cosa tanto cara, deliziosa. Che fa il cuore sospiroso, che fa il cuore palpitare. È una cosa, sai che cosa, che di notte misteriosa fa il mio cuore sospiroso, fa il mio cuore trepidare di passione. Mamma, non so più quel capriccioso ragazzino che scrivavi sempre per il suo fare birichino. Ora son cresciuto e sento un fremito nel cuore che, oh mamma, 
mamma è il segnale dell'amore è una nuova fiamma un delizioso sentimento che mi brucia ancora come un languido tormento è una dolce fiamma che a morire è destinata se oh mamma non avrò la fidanzata fate dai capelli d'oro no non posso più sognare sogno tremuli bacin d'amore mamma voglio anch'io una pupetta per baciare che non faccia come quella in sogno sospirare che mi stringa forte sul suo cuore innamorata sì oh mamma mi ci vuole la fidanzata fidanzata fate dai capelli d'oro no non posso più sognare sogno tremuli bacin d'amore mamma voglio anch'io una pupetta per baciare che non faccia come quelle sogno sospirare che mi stringa forte sul suo cuore innamorata sì oh mamma mi ci vuole la fidanzata oh mamma mi ci vuole la fidanzata oh mamma mi ci vuole la fidanzata Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.